Welcome to Manny Talks. My name is Manny De La Cruz, and I am thrilled that you have taken some time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I am definitely looking forward to you providing your feedback. If you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, look, you have the power to leave your comments in the form of actual written comments. And this way, folks that are trying to find this information or who happen to stumble across this podcast can read firsthand what you think about this podcast. If you're listening in some other platform, you can always either send me a voice message through the uh, anchor link that's provided as part of the show notes, or look, I promote this uh, podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you name it, it's out there, Twitter. And so if you happen to have stumbled across this podcast because of one of those posts, do me a huge favor, go back to that posting and leave your comments. Same thing, look, this is done out of a desire to help folks like yourself navigate your STEM careers, whether it's as a student or whether a co-op intern or even as a young professional. And even if you stumbled upon this as a business or a computer science major, look, a lot of this information pertains to you as well. And I would be more than thrilled to, uh, to help you out with any questions and concerns that you might have. These conversations, when folks hear about this project and they decide to either provide their stories in, in, uh, and be a guest on the show, they do it because they also want to help you. So look, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for pressing play. And I hope that you get as much out of this conversation as I got out of making it. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Manny Talks. This is Manny De La Cruz. If you're listening to this on the week of the 9th, I am out on vacation right now, somewhere out in West Texas or New Mexico, in an RV with my family, enjoying this beautiful country. But I still wanted to make sure that an episode got released. In this episode, we're going to have part two of a discussion with Brianne Martin and Fernando Ceballos. In the last episode, we discussed a bunch of stuff around how they met struggles in relationships, how to manage dual careers. If you haven't listened to that conversation, I would recommend that you go back to listen to it. This one picks up when we started to switch gears and, and we're going to start talking about activities that were happening while we were in Baton Rouge for our LBC5. And we got into a whole nother role, uh, set of deep discussions. And I really hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed making it. As always, looking forward to your comments. So wish me luck on this RV trip. I hope I don't hit anything and that we have a blast and I will see you next time. So we're here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right? We're participating in RLDC Region 5 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of want to hit on there, there was a couple of things that have been happening here during this event uh that are kind of resonating with me we've had some conversations at dinner uh and one of them is around that whole transition right from being a student and going into a professional but more importantly when you become a professional not forgetting where you came from right or who how, how you got helped along the way so i want to kind of 
get your thoughts on what you think about or why you think some of these professionals don't come back. I mean, from the organizational side, <clears throat> I think there's, there's, I guess the major, the major thing on the organization side is their marketing, marketing, not marketing collateral, the marketing um, tactics, if you will. When we think about the undergraduate chapters, a lot of our chapters, unfortunately, bring in members by telling them, hey, if you join our organization, you're going to be hooked up. Uh, you may be first generation and we're going to help you pair you up with a mentor who's going to get you a job. Once they graduate and they fortunately get a job, a lot of those members don't continue to join in SHIP because they think that SHIP was only there to give them an opportunity to pursue their starting their career. And that the co company who they were hired by is going to develop them into being a manager and to becoming a, a high-level executive. Not necessarily the case. And so I think that's one of the biggest problems from the organization side. From the cultural side... I think a lot of, and again, going off of the assumptions here that a lot of our members are first generation is I think we have very low expectations of ourselves sometimes. And we think that getting that first job is, is good enough. Uh, we're, we're making maybe 10, 20 times the amount of money that our parents grew up with. And so we think that we made it and that everything else is going to be just fine because I got money now. Uh, and a lot of them don't realize that life is not going to be simple. And five years into your career, you're going to realize that a lot of people or ahead of you because they focus on their financial independence when they first started. They focus on their professional development, on their personal development, and they're very far along. And by the time they realize it, they're they're behind. And they're trying to play catch up five years in, six years in. And so I think those are kind of the two biggest issues culturally and from an organizational side that makes people not continue their journey in their organization. Yeah. And then from my side, um, again, I mentioned like I'm fourth generation Tejana. So I was raised very, um, you know, I use, always use analogies and I was an athlete myself. So, you know, like you have to know the field you're playing on, right? You have to know where the end zone is. You have to know where the out of bounds is. Like you have to know what it constitutes in order to even make a point, much less to be like on the team, you know? So I was always just very aware of, especially like corporate America, like what that looks like, the importance of just networking and knowing people. And um, again, I feel almost like an outsider, but again, the first generation, the, you know, um, immigrant families that they're told, put your head down and work hard. Like they never look up, you know, to see what is that next step. They're just let, let me grind and like hustle and like do the most. And so it's really crazy because it, it is a mindset shift of like you have to understand. And again, especially the Hispanic population. That's why I'm so dedicated to this of understanding like you have to invest, like you have to put money in to get money out. And I think breaking that is, you know, the Bible verses, right? If you keep your coin and you bury it, like nothing happens. But if you invest it, like you give it the opportunity to grow. And that's why to me, again, I'm very, you know, risk, uh, I, I'm willing to take risks because I, I've seen it, you know, pay dividends. I've seen like what, when I make friends, like what they're willing to vouch for and, you know, just help and support me. Like, you know, we are each other's advocates and that's huge. And again, I don't think that the Hispanic community is aware of that yet. Or now I think we're starting to raise awareness with the organization, but we don't know how to go about it. And so I think Fernando and I were very fortunate enough that we, you know, knew of SHIP in undergrad, but we didn't get really involved until our professional, because again, at 25 years old, we were like, okay, we see, you know, we did that thing for a year. We kind of messed around or, you know, we had our fun, but like, there's more now, like we're over it. And I think again, like Fernando was saying, oh, I'm making twice as much as my family or, oh, this is, you know, I have all this money. That's like so brand new to them. So they start in that first five years of really enjoying their money and going out and having a good time and going to the concerts and traveling. But all the other kids, they did that through college. 
So at 25, their switch turns on. And then, like you said, they start from the get-go, starting off on the right foot. They're investing. They're, you know, networking. They're going to the young professionals, whatever, whatever. And so that's the stuff where we are constantly behind just because, like, we're just, we're, we're already behind. We already start, you know, I guess with a specific handicap, just because we're raised differently. We're not told that mindset shift. We're not, you know, brought up in the world of this, uh, of the importance of this kind of stuff. Well, I just think the word investment. Right? And that's what I'm saying. To me, it, just, like, it is investment. Well, like investment in time, investment in your own development, investment in your money. I think a lot of us, and again, generalizing, a lot of us don't understand that word, right? And they don't understand that you have to put in money in yourself to become a better person or even just and put yeah, the effort the time that's what i'm saying just the effort a yeah person. in yourself like to know i need to focus on my personal development well, what i'm saying is like Emotional a lot of people don't know how to take a step back right because there's a focus on like i need to make more money i gotta make more money right and so it's, it's about moving forward so like brianne's saying you put your head down and you just go versus saying hey let me be a little bit smarter take a step back invest some time into my own personal development because if i invest in my own personal development well guess what you can go to your job and they're gonna be like Fernando, he knows how to speak to people. He knows how to manage people. Let's give him an opportunity. At three years in, at four years in, versus waiting eight years in your career for you to eventually learn those skills. Or even that, to make an assessment, right? Like you said, to slow down, pick up, look up at your head. Are you even where you want to be? Yeah. Does it even matter? You know, do you want to pick yourself up out of the hole and go into a whole nother, you know, continent? Like you, you have that opportunity, but if we don't slow down to really say, is this even what I want? Am I even happy? Right. And we, again, we'll go back to like the life wheel. Like where on the scale am I? Because if I'm spending and I say this to our students all the time, if I'm spending all every weekend with my family, that's great. But like, again, what's everyone what else doing? Want, exactly. Is that what you want or is that what you've just been conditioned to believe that you should be doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something also to be said about um, you like going back to the student. Right. You're a student. You 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 go to ship. Right. You quickly find out and you hear this all the time. Like, oh, man, I, I people were like me. They look like me. We have the same struggles. We could relate. And then they hang out for four five, six years together. Yeah. And I think there's a bit of uh, like uh, shielding that happens. Mm -hmm. Right. When you're going to a conference with nine thousand people that are just like you, yeah. you land this opportunity. And guess what? What does it look like out there? It oh, doesn't yeah. look not at all like uh, like and feel the way your ship chapter did. Yep. And I think that's a that's a bit of a slap in the face for some folks that uh, this is that whole part like, hey, they leave and then they forget because all of a sudden they're having problems that they never thought that they would have. But again, it's that uh, repeating um, process of, oh, I'm ashamed. Oh, I can't. You know, I was the chapter president. I had all my shit together. Now to say I'm in corporate America and I need help. Like it's the it's that fear of like being seen or being, you know, under or being what's it called? Like being uh, found out. Yeah, it, it's that imposter syndrome again, and it, it's just that cyclical cycle. Rather than like, let me reach out to my ship familia. They helped me before. Yes. They're gonna help me again, and that's something that again, our podcasts obviously cover. Like, hey, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to fail. Like, we all have issues, and that's why you know you commend us for being so open. But that's something we see. Like, Instagram is nothing but great posts, and I was like, I just cried for tw like twenty minutes straight. People need to know this is real. Like this is effing being human, you yeah. know, like we don't talk about that stuff anymore. And like we all have our demons and we're all dealing with our own stuff. Like no one's suffering is less than anyone else's. We just need to be like, hey, man, that's the one thing we all have in common is that we suffer. And, you know, like we've either find a way to work through it or like we're struggling through it. 
And like, that's the stuff again, of as a professional member, like that's the stuff you get is you get that, like a backbone, you get that helping hand, you get someone that gets it. And hell, if you just need to call someone and cry and be like, what the hell is wrong with this? Like, why can't I make it? Why can't I pass, pass my VE test? Why is my boss being so mean to me? Like someone understands that. And just having that weight lifted of knowing someone cares about you and can acknowledge your pain really makes a difference. And it, and it does take like you or a person being intentional about like like the whole introspective thinking, right? Somewhere yeah. you have to stop and just really have an honest conversation with yourself and say, hey, I need some help. And I think like you were saying, Fernando, you get uh, bought into the idea that, hey, I got the job and it's over. Like that part's done. And then they literally put themselves in a position where they're like fish out of water when they don't have to. When they when they're still like have that network within with a phone call away or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then also look, and it gets even more complicated, right? Because then life continues to happen. They get into relationships. They get into their own set of problems. So I guess I'll ask y'all, let, let's talk a little bit about motivations. Like what motivates you to continue to stay plugged in? Legacy. Like to me, I want people, I think about the, um, the obituary situation, right? Not the obituary, the, uh, What's it called? The, when they read the eulogy? The eulogy. The yeah. eulogy example, right? That's what I'm thinking about. So every time I'm fighting for something, it's about that eulogy. It's about that legacy. It's about how did I make people feel and why did they... Like the whole leaving the world a better place than the way you found it. Like that's what I strive for. Um, I find for, I strive for the fact that what keeps me motivated is knowing that I'm in position and that I'm fortunate enough to be the voice for people who don't have a voice. That I'm fortunate enough to have the have the balls to step up to the table and have those discussions and advocate for the people who need it need it, need their voices heard. Um, that's what keeps me in the fight. Is 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 you know there's things that I want to pursue uh, on the side hobbies, the side projects that could potentially become a full time thing. But from a perspective of a corporate career, like I I can't I can't leave right. Um, I'm in position to really make a difference. And I'm going to keep fighting. And sometimes I feel like I'm doing this for nothing. But I know that if I continue to be where I'm at, I'm going to be able to really talk about the issues that our communities are facing from the, from a corporate perspective. Uh, I'm going to be able to advocate and speak on behalf of the people who are not at, their, at the table. Because I happen to be the only one who, who looks a certain way, who has gone through certain things. And so that some of the issues that I'm talking about is like gentrification, right? The displacement of people who are in usually in African-American or Hispanic communities, where are they gonna, where are they gonna go when they get displaced? Uh, public housing, public education, transportation, these are all things that from a corporate perspective impact our communities. But if we just worry about all the emotional stuff and just worry about making everybody feel good, how, how are we ever gonna fix the real issues from a political standpoint? And it's not a matter of getting political, but I'm in position to be able to bring both worlds together because I understand them. And so that's kind of what drives me is knowing that I can go up to bat for people that, that I represent. Yeah. I'm up for you. Um, I think for me, it's, um, he says, like, not emotional. And I'm like, oh, that's all me. Um, is it's very much like I felt so alone, so broken. Um, you know, I, I talk openly about the abuse I experienced. And it's really hard because, like, I, I you know, contemplated suicide, you know, several times because I just wanted the pain to go away. Um, but for whatever reason, I kept telling myself like this pain isn't going to be in vain, you know, like, you know, God, the universe, you know, something higher, bigger than me was like, you know, other people are, need this from you. 
And um, that's why I choose to be so open about it. And why I stay involved is because, again, it's one post, it's one conversation, you know, one laugh over dinner um, or one meet resume review and them saying, like, I don't have my GPA on here because, like, it's not good enough. And I tell them, I got asked to leave. Like, you know, I got asked to leave my university. Like, I was on academic probation. Um, and the fact that I didn't even, I don't know what in me said, like, I'm signing up for this turmoil and I'm going to see it through. But the fact that, like, I had that in me and to say, like, you do too. Like, you have that choice to do it. And again, like, every time, you know, Fernando and I, like you say, we're like, why are we even doing this? Like, you know, it's just a broken record. And, like, we have, like, those one or two people that they really come to us, you know, tears in their eyes and a huge hug. And, like, dude, you changed my life, like, with that one conversation. And, like, all of that makes it worth it um, because, like, we're not alone. Like I say, we all are suffering and we all have our own struggles. But um, I don't mean to get all emotional. It's really hard to think about, like, you know, just simply being like slowing down and having time for other people makes such a huge difference. And for me, like knowing that there's a little Brienne out there who isn't going to hate herself because I told her I love her and that like she can do anything she dreams of, like that just continues to fill my, my soul. And um, again, I'm so grateful that God blessed me with that, with a man who understands and appreciates that, with Ship who gives me that platform to do that. You know, Fernando and I say the organization is a network. You can make it whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's huge and it's it's un, unlimitless and unstoppable. And again, we just feel like, man, you're just not being creative enough. You know, you're just not using your imagination. Whatever that sparks you and that's passion, like do it, right? Your passion projects, do it. Like we're here. We're going to cheer you on. We're going to make it happen for you. Um, so for me, again, it's just limitless. There, there's no stopping to what the potential is, again, especially with our people. Like, we're just so capable. We just need to start thinking bigger and opening more doors for each other. No, for sure. And 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 I, I think I lean with, like, I'm hearing what you were talking about, Fernando, and where you were talking about, hey, you're in a position to be able to influence some of these uh, decisions, right? And it, I was reminded of what Raquel said, right, during her panel where she said, let's not just, what did she say? Let's not just build the tables. Let's, you know, get a seat at the table. And so for me, that's a big chunk of, of, of my motivation, right? Like I have, uh, I love talking about it in terms of blessing because that's the way that it feels. Like if I look in hindsight, like, and, and my story, like it's it's still unbelievable to me that I've gotten to where I, I've gotten. But then I do feel like, hey, there's a purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm progressing in my career and as I'm seeing the, like, uh, you know, and where I work at, I love where I work at, and this isn't a plug for where, for, for, for my company, but they're, they want to do the right thing. Right. I think there's a lot of, nowadays, I think there's a lot of companies that want to do the right thing, and they're making these uh, positions maybe available, but we don't know how to talk to each other. I say we the as Latinos and maybe what, you know, the traditional corporate America, but the intention's there. So for me, like I see the like IND initiatives that are out there and like even within work. But I also I'm also seeing the few Latinos that break in. Mm -hmm. Some of them are hesitant to step up to the plate. Yeah. Right. And to actually take uh, take some of these uh, leadership positions. So for me, part of what I want to do is like, man, I want to go as high as I can go with the intent to get invited to the meetings, like yeah. to be able to say, no, we need to be doing this. You don't understand the value of that. And, and I'm getting I'm starting. Well, I've started to at least for the last couple of years, really started to be able to influence some of these relationships and really steer things for the company. And I think the only way I was able to do that is by actually stepping up uh, to the plate. Right. And so so why do you all think that folks are hesitant to, like, step into it? Like, well, they'll say they want to be leaders, but what keeps them from from taking the dive whenever the whenever the opportunity it's comes? Culture, man. 
Yeah. I think it's our culture. I think we're, we're told as kids, like, no se presumido, right? Like, don't be showing off what you got. And, and I think that's, it's ingrained in our mindset. We have to be a humble. And so that we pride ourselves on being humble. That's, that's, that's our fault. Right. And so like, that's, that's the issue that I see is in the corporate America environment is, you know, you got people advocating like Brianne, like yourself, like myself, um, doing personal brands. And we start trying to promote the things that we're doing with the intent of being able to help other people. And what what is what does our community see? Well, these guys are just being pompous. These guys are just like trying to brag about themselves. Oh, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are exactly? You think you're better than me? And so, from a corporate environment, I think a lot of our people, they they're told like, don't don't brag. One and two, it's like you're just not good enough, right? Um, you should you should be happy for what you have, right? I've, I've every every once in a while, like I'll tell my mom like, what if I were to do this? What if I were to do that? Why would you give up what you have? Like you have it so good. Like why would you give it up for a chance of maybe being better, right? It's not worth it. And, and I think a lot of our, our our people, a lot of our our community, they suffer with that. Is they're just scared of like why would you give up what you have? What would, you could potentially lose it all if you take this risk. Yeah, I think we get comfortable with like oh I finally found my groove, you know, and so we we hold on to that to want to be safe, right? We want to bury our coin because we know exactly where it's at. You know what I mean? And again, like it just—it's beautiful because you can't help but like, oh, I get it, I understand it. But you know, if all of us do that and none of us are willing to, you know, trade our coins or see what else we could get for our coins, like we, we never know that opportunity. And like to your point of there, there's very few of us that are taking those risks or jumping out, you know, to the next level because no, again, I've already you know doubled my family salary. I've I've already broken the you know the uh, the cycle. But I'm like, oh, but there's so much more, you know, like you're just getting like. You know, the icing on the top, like there's just so much more depth to that. But the dichotomy, right? At the same time, I think I fall in trap into this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is I push our, our members to say you should want more. Right. And I think a lot of there's a difference between pushing them that they should want more and then remembering ourselves that maybe they don't want more. Right. But the follow up question is the most important one is why don't you want more? Is it because you are truly happy with what you have or is it because you're not good, you don't think you're good enough to, to, to deserve more? Well, and even that, though, I mean, I had this exact conversation with someone because on, on the opposite side of, of the same thing you're talking about was she was saying, you know, like, I'm in a small company. There's only four engineers and I love my job and I'm on top of it. Like I even uh, what was she saying? Like I can even think ahead and like be before my boss even asks for stuff. And she's like, but I don't have any room for growth. And that's why I told her, well, maybe, again, your room for growth is, like, outside of the company. Like, do like, do your own personal thing. Um, exactly to that. Like, you're, you're, we're being told, quote, unquote, to climb the corporate ladder and do more. Um, but, like, there's so much more to life other than just your job. And that's my thing of continue to grow and expand. Like, you know, we're made of the same atoms of the big, ba- I mean, like, of ever expandingness. And so I think we start limiting ourselves because we're afraid of it. We start saying, like, this is what I'm comfortable with. I just learned this. Let me, like, stay here and become, you know, hone in on this, which is fine, like you said. But to me, it's like, don't be afraid of that. And again, ask why. But to me, too, is that that value side. Is it the value that that's what you really care about? Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're being fed the values from our community, from our family, from, again, our peers, that we believe our friends, that they don't really care what's best for us. They want you to make them feel comfortable. 
And that's what's really sad, right? Like I said, people laugh at us. People are like, oh, this podcast thing. Okay, yeah, people engineer. Like, I mean, if, if I could have, you know, a dollar for every time someone laughed at me or gave me shit about my podcast, like, I'd hell out of a million dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but again, it's it's not for them. And that's what I, I want to tell, like, members and just our community in general. Like, on your deathbed, 99 years old, you're literally with no one else but yourself. Can you say you live the life you wanted to live? And if it's that you wanted to go out in the Amazon and live in a damn, you know, treehouse and that was, was going to make you happy, like, who is anyone to, like, take that thought or that idea or that, you know, utopia from you? Like, you're the only one limiting yourself. So how do you how do you deal with that uh, it, when when someone tells you, and I want to get a little bit granular, right? Because yeah. there's the, yeah, there's this comments that, yes, at the end of the day, you rise above and you don't let it bother you. But in the moment when someone is questioning your Latinoness. How do you deal with that? Oh, Manny, I come home and literally cry. Like, I'll, I'll get physically sick when people are mean or ugly or say something. Um, and again, that comes to the support system, right? Like, I'll just, you know, come home crying with tears in my eyes. And like, Fernando will just hug me for two minutes. You know what I mean? Because the world can be cruel. And if you go against the stream, right, like you get made fun of and poked at and rocks thrown at you. Um, but I, I think part of it is like, that is your your story and your path. And hurt people hurt people. So it's not uh, the four agreements is the one book I would you know recommend to everyone. It's the book I recommended to Fernando the day I met him. Um, but it's like really a lot of times people's experience or how you, you're experiencing them is the own internal experience. So when they're ugly and they're mean, it's because like they're ugly and mean to themselves. It has nothing to do with you. You're just the mirror that they can't stand to look at. What about for you? You ever been told you're not Mexican enough? Yeah, dude, too much. <laughs> um, I'm the whitest Mexican they know. Or that's what they tell me. Until anyway, they meet me. Until they meet you, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've been told that they didn't even know, think I was Hispanic. Um, I don't know. Like, I've, since 2013, um, I adopted this, like, stoic philosophy, right? Um, of just not really caring about a lot of things. I kind of just let them go. Um, I used to kind of wear my heart on my sleeve when I was younger. And the more and more things that, you know, life started to happen, the more and more I realized that I had to just let it go. That at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all mortal. We're all going to die. Um, it's a very pessimistic way of seeing things to a lot of people. But to me, it's a very realistic way of seeing things. Um, Memento Mori is like something that I, that I live with every day. Uh, Marcus really is like um, one of those like Roman philosophers or I guess Roman emperor. Uh, he would say Memento Mori, let that, let that remind you. Or let that be a reminder uh, for every... Oh my God, I'm messing this up. Memento Mori is let, uh, you're going to die one day. Let that uh, remind you what you do, say, and think, right? And so that's kind of what I what I envision, what I think about. Whenever people are being mean or whatever, anything's going on, I just kind of remember at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. Like, this is not going to have that much impact. So when I got my truck stolen, Memento Mori. When my dad died, Memento Mori. When my mom's going through shit, Memento Mori. Like, it doesn't matter, Right. Whatever only decisions that I have to do is how I feel. And they don't have, like, they don't, I don't owe them anything. They don't have control over me. So I'm not going to give them the power to deal or to impact my emotions. And I know it's a very, it's, it's a, a big journey to get to that point where we're able to do that. Um, but that's kind of like the philosophy that I've adopted in my life. And, you know, Brianne gets upset at me sometimes because, you know, she'll come home and she'll vent or she'll like want to share with me. And I just kind of remind her with the whole stoic philosophy. And she's like, no, dude, just give me a hug. Yeah, um, like, like I need to be in my feelings I just, just, I just right now. I just need you to be on my team, right? And I need you to love me. 
And so I have to remember that, you know, she's going to cope a different way. But for me, it's, it's, that's the reminder I give myself is it's not that serious. Like it doesn't matter. Or that, even particular about the Latino and Hispanic part of, I think again, like we come from a place of being curious, right? Of like, I want to understand that. So for me, like I'm told I'm not, you know, Hispanic enough or Latino enough um, because I don't speak Spanish. And I'm like, right, but my family, like, you know, they, they, they were in a, a racist town. Like they were doing it to protect me. And so again, like, why is it that you're thinking a Latino or Hispanic, you know, like has to speak like fluent Spanish? Like, where did that belief come from? Where in the rule book of being a Latino is that? Because like, I've not, I haven't seen it. I still get, you know, prejudice and like racist remarks for my brown hair and brown eyes. Like, you know, I, I'm getting all the shit, but I don't get the benefits of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're going to you're going to really take that from me. And again, on what grounds? Right. Yeah. So that's where, again, a lot of times and we just have those conversations um, to get understanding. And it's again, like, oh, well, my, that's what my, my family said. Oh, that's what that's just the way it is. OK, well, that's silly. Like I'm doing I'm willing to help our community. What more do I need? Awesome. So look, and so let's one other thing, right? So one thing that I see, uh, not one thing I lied. We're going to talk about a couple more things, <laughs> but what, one thing, next thing I want to talk about is, uh, stu- the, the students, right? The students that come and that, uh, like we heard, we heard in the last couple of days, right? Folks struggling with being able to tell their own stories. Right. And I know, and, 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 and I don't, and it's way, and it, it's way before even being able to like, um, uh, What's what I'm trying to get at? Like, there's the whole, hey, don't, don't, no, no seas presumido, right? No te creas, right? So, but before you even get there, it's like, do you even know what your own story is, right? Do you even give it some thought? What kind of, what kind of advice would y'all give to, to a student who has no idea where to start? Read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. That, that book has so many different exercises and so many different questions. That it's not just about financial independence. It's also about really getting to know yourself. And uh, the advice that I give is make time for yourself. You know, we talk about financial literacy. And one of the things that we tell people is pay yourself first. And I want people to think about mon- or time like money, right? And I think we're just so committed to giving other people time and giving other things time that we don't give ourselves time. We don't slow enough. We don't slow enough. Um, slow enough. Slow down, slow down enough. <laughs> To be able, see, I can't even, I'm talking too fast. I slow down. Um, <laughs> Dyslexia slow, flaring up. Slow down enough uh, to be able to really get to know who we are. So that, I think that's the biggest advice I want to give students is if you can just truly just sit down and get to know who you are, uh, not from a standpoint of this is the, what I'm pursuing in my career, this is, who I, this is my name, but really know who you are, um, I think you're going to be a lot more comfortable being your authentic self because you're no longer going to be pretending to be someone that you think you are Versus really being who you are and then bringing that to the table. One other thing, I'm going to go completely right field uh, on this a little bit because another thing that I wanted to kind of kind of explore with y'all because I hear both of y'all uh, here during this conversation and even on your own material, you guys will uh, throw glimpses of your faith. I didn't tell you we were going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling. I'm going off script here, but I think it's important, right? So I'm curious to know what role does your beliefs or, or, or your faith play in how you navigate life? Yeah, so I think for me, and it kind of ties into the last question too of, uh, it's funny, he gave a book and I'm like, God dang, he does the same thing I do. Um, but with um, like the book by Leo Buscaldia called Love, and it's very much about like loving yourself before you can love others. And so again, owning the kind of story, um, which ties in very strongly to me with my faith. of You know, when I remind myself like I was made 
You mean I could I could literally I'm made up of the same atoms as a tree, as a lamp, as the road. Like atoms collectively make up things, and it had to take the perfect like recipe to be made into who I am. Like that's just beautiful. And then everything that I've been through and with and the people I've met and the experiences I had make me who I am. Like it's just like, you know, like my imperfections and like who I, I've become isn't on accident. Like it was on purpose. Um, and it's just this amazing thing of when, again, we slow down to really look at things, right? Again, whether or not it's, wow, like what, what all I've been through and where I've come from or even like what the future could possibly hold. Um, it's just, it's, I'm truly in amazement and in true wonder of the world. And again, whether it's, you know, you believe in God or um, Allah or the universe or just some higher power, like there's a rhyme and a reason for everything. And just like being able to slow down and just feel the world around you. Again, be in our feelings, really just pay attention and look at someone in their eyeballs. Like, you know, like that's another soul. That's another being um, is just so strong. And uh, to Fernando's point, I think we invest in so many other things and people and like we don't really take the time to get to know ourselves and we're ever evolving and ever changing. So like be honest, be authentic. Like what is it that you currently want, that you currently feel like we're all humans. And, you know, uh, I read a beautiful quote that said like we're all spiritual beings having a physical experience. And that was just like, <clears throat> wow. You know, like that was just so profound because it's true. We're ever growing. We're, we're never going to be the same. You wake up different than you did two days ago. And, you know, three days further is going to be a whole new person too. So you wake up every day with a choice. And again, you, you choose anything and everything you want. Um, so to me, like that's just the spirituality of just this like amazing opportunity that we've been given to experience this wonderful world and people and, you know, just beautifulness that there is how about for you yeah um so being a christian and being a christ follower like i wouldn't say that i'm a good person because i'm a christian i'm a good person who happens to have a christian background right and i think um people have always told me like you have to be you know your faith and again this is not how it's supposed to be this is how i do it um, <clears throat> you're supposed to be centered through Christ and you're supposed to, everything you live is through the faith, right? Um, and I think some people got it backwards because they, they, um, everything they do is because of their future, you know, saving or whatever the case is. I'm choosing to be a good person who wants to also believe in this. And so faith is part of my life, but it's not something that I start with. If that makes any sense. Um, that's just kind of the way I go about it. Um. You know, I, I you know, I, I do Bible study. I uh, we try to go to church as much as we can. We pray together. We pray together. Um, you know, I my faith is centered on on what I believe, right? And uh, it's it's not it's not one of those things where um, I've decided to make it a, a big role in my life. In college, I was actually part of a ministry uh, or student organization where we went on a mission trip, and uh, you know, we were we were pursuing we were sharing the good faith. Um, and at that point I was really big in my faith, but for whatever reason, like when I came back from that trip, instead of being revived and, and more empowered, I just felt drained. And for the next two or three years, it was just like an upward, upward, um, you know, uh, upward climb, if you will, I'm trying to get to back to where I started. And so the last couple of years, you know, it's, it's very cyclical. I, I, I get really into it and then I kind of die down. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to have a strong foundation and a very uh, Christian-based mindset of 
of being very altruistic or being being more focused on the, on the community, more about love and more about sharing the the good news, but being focused on the idea of we're in this together. And if we are focused on helping each other out, we're going to be able to move forward. No, I agree. And like, I like, and, and, and I've heard y'all share about it before. Right. But it is, it's a very personal journey. Right. And it, there, I don't think there is one right answer uh, as much as, you know, I, I mean, I think you said it's something it's cyclical, right. But you have it still as a, maybe a guiding principle, right. Or some, you know, what the goal might be of how you want to live and, and so on. So it does play in. And I just, you know, I, I went there because I know that, that, that it's in there, right. It's in there and it shows its face whenever you're trying to make decisions and things that y'all do together. Uh, and I think it's important to, to, to share, right. All the elements that might, might make up somebody. And that's something too, that we're very open about of, again, like, you know, Fernando's point of, it's not like the rules or that we have to go to church. Like we're worshiping and how we're living, right. Of like, we're following the principles in our morality, but it's not that we have to again be standing in a church or, you know, be doing certain things like how we live out and how we love and spread the, you know, just the good energy within us. Like that is us living our ministry, like, you know, um, us being together and again, just sharing our stories of, you know, what we're going through and who we are, like, that is our ministry. Like we felt, you know, again, a blessing to have been given the platform and the opportunity, like held the vocal cords, you know, the physical abilities to be able to share and do and, you know, just celebrate life in general. And I think that's a big thing too, is like you said, we're, we're kind of limited to these boxes. We're told, this is how you worship. This is how you follow faith. This is, you know, how you actually do it. And in reality, like we, we're all different people. There's not a one way fits all thing. Um, and, and again, it's there's just so much opportunity to, to really just, again, have faith be a part of your life rather than, you know, you feel like you have to do these things. Um, I used to sing at a life team band, right? That was my thing. I was a, one of the singers. And um, like I said, I never felt so alone in a church that was supposed to be there to love and support me unconditionally. Um, you know, they would say I was, you know, sleeping around with people and, you know, I was doing all these things because I was actually close to the guy who was essentially like my big brother. Um, but no one knew, you know, that I had been sexually abused as a child, that I was, you know, was I finally had a good positive role model, male role model that, you know, respected me for once. And they took that from me, you know, because mm -hmm. of what it looked like. And, and again, it's just that kind of stuff where, again, you could be standing up in the front of the choir you know, and you're the worst person because of all the ugliness and hatred you have in your heart. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You just have to be careful because I, I want to make sure that, again, we're living in faith and we're following it, but it doesn't have to be, again, by the book or what people expect or society tells you is a good person, what they do. Awesome. As expected, this is a long conversation. We're not done. <laughs> One last thing, I promise. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's next? I kind of want to hear from both of y'all. Uh, I, I, whatever twist you want to take on it. And yes, we're going to talk about the wedding, but throw <laughs> that in there too. But yeah, what's next for, 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 for you? Uh, Rianne, you want to go first? Well, I think for me, what's next is I'm, I'm very focused on, on my career. Um, there's been some, some new opportunities open up in, in my corporate job. Uh, there's some new opportunities that I can step into a new and bigger role. So I'm excited for those things for sure. And just being more mindful and more intentional on the development of my own career. I think uh, the first couple of years, you know, I've been I've been told that I was too focused on other people, that I was too focused on the community. Uh, it's crazy to think that, you know, I was doing all these different things and with the intention of being able to give back to my to my company. 
Uh, but for whatever reason, some people thought that I was doing all of this because I had political aspirations one day. And I know I do, but they thought I was trying to just leverage the company so I could leave it in the next couple of years. Mm. And I was like, well, shit, like that's not what I'm trying to do. And so this next couple, last couple of months, I've been not necessarily amending some relationships, but making sure that people understand what I'm trying to go with. And then just being more intentional with showing them with the work that I'm doing that I'm in this for the long run. That I that I want my you know my managing VP's job, that I want to run the office, and I've told them like I'm coming for your job, not with the intention of saying I'm going to take your job, but more of a hey I want this to grow together so that there can be a job like yours that I can have, uh, and I think that's that's kind of what's next now. Um, also the wedding right, a lot of wedding planning that's going on, and then the, on the side projects I'm going to keep doing them until they're no longer fun. Uh, I've told people that I'm going I love civil engineering, I'm going to pursue civil engineering, but in five years from now I hate it. Well, then I'll pivot and I'll go somewhere else. But for the sake of what I'm trying to do, I'm going to put all of my eggs in one basket uh, and I'm going to be very intentional with pursuing that and seeing where it goes. Awesome. How about you? Yeah, um, I think for me, my my biggest thing is, uh, again, I was saying the like ping pong um, analogy earlier is I'm finally in a groove where like I see the newness, but being able to stay, stay put. And so it's very much more of a, I don't have to jump into something new. Like I can make it new myself. And so um, soul development is my main focus. Um, I'm very much, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Obviously I I get very emotional. I'm very reactant to the world around me. And that's something I really want to work on is just simply keeping the peace within myself. Um, Another analogy, like I I just want to be the pillar to be able to absorb or soak in or like feed off, you know, positive energy to anyone and everyone else. Uh, but I can't do that if I don't, again, invest in myself. So slowing down, working on that. Uh, but again, like with my job, with my career, again, like if I wake up tomorrow and it changes or I feel differently, um, waiting out those feelings, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work to understand the difference between a feelings and emotion. Um, but really just giving myself the power that I've continuously stripped myself or I've allowed other people to take the power from me. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. When's the wedding? December 31st, 2020. That is not an open invitation. Sorry. No, I, was we're not, I was about to say we're not inviting everybody. Sorry. We're not all invited, but I love we're, y'all, we're, but. but but we're welcome to <laughs> you're welcome to follow along. We'll do uh, Instagram live. Follow and, and, and do something on the registry, man. Yeah. <laughs> gifts are welcome. Yeah, well, no. gifts are welcome. Our plan, though, funny enough, is we don't plan on taking a honeymoon. Um, when I talked to Fernando uh, that 15 hours, I told him about the book Walden by Henry Thoreau. Um, and it was just so beautiful to think like just to be humans, to go live out in nature, to hunt, to fish, to gather, you know, like cook your own food. I mean, like just be humans and to have that unity and that spirituality of like, we are becoming one now. So we don't plan to just take like a trip somewhere. Like we plan to go get lost and like really just. Rent a cabin in the woods and then just like be there for a month. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No pictures. No, I mean. We'll, we'll probably take pictures, but later we're not gonna be yeah. posting while we're there. It's not gonna be. You're going just, off the grid. So yeah. we're gonna go off the grid with a bag of books, some mm. journals, and just like discover us. My yeah. God, that beard's gonna get bigger. Yeah. Oh, I know. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Let's go ahead and make sure that every that we we plug some stuff and that people know how to get a hold of you. So go ahead. This is the shameless plug time. Mm. How does how do people follow you? the names of your podcast blogs websites etc yeah so i think for the most part for my social media um facebook instagram twitter uh email address even it's f d o ceballos 
um, FDO, uh, FDO, CEBA, LLOS is um, what it is, the username. And then as far as the podcast goes, uh, it's everywhere. Uh, ideally on Anchor, if you guys listen to that, but Spotify, everything has it. It is called Dealing With Life Stuff. Straightforward. And the website is called dealingwithlifestuff.com. Perfect. Yeah, and for me, um, Brianne C. Martin is anything everywhere. Uh, B-R-I-A-N-N-E C. Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. Uh, it's my Instagram handle. Um, that's my website, BrianneCMartin.com. Um, I have my podcast embedded there, which is The People Engineer. So, again, if you even just look up Brianne C. Martin, The People Engineer, everything will come up. Hashtag the people engineer. Um, my Instagram, like I said, is I do these micro blogs, post, post pictures, uh, as well as like tell stories. Um, I'll share other stories, examples, things I'm learning, things I'm going through. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, the podcast, I'm actually doing uh, one YouTube video a month this year as well. So just kind of things that are going on and recaps. Um, so it, it's, it's been a real great journey and I, I really thoroughly enjoy it. So, um, yeah, again, Brian C. Martin, the people engineer. Guys, thank you for making yourself available, no, telling you your us. stories no, and, thank you. and letting me uh, get in the way of, of your day for an hour and a half. This thank was great. Much. We appreciate no, you're it. Not in the way. <laughs> you're part of the day. <laughs>